going to go swimming. Oh, we started. We have started. <laughs> Long time, no see, man. Yeah, no, it's been forever. It's probably been two months since we last had a conversation. Is it two months? I, was it Internet Troll 1527? Yeah, we recorded one after that, which... Has yet to be... Oh, little bird sounds trying to be a part of the podcast. Those are turns, I believe, T-E-R-N-S. I'm going to look it up, though, because I don't want an ornithologist. Well, I th- yeah, because they, they listen to our podcast all the time. They're like 92% of our gym maker listening audience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I do think it was Troll 1527. In case you're wondering, you're listening to the final episode of season four of our podcast, why aren't you famous? Yeah. Who are you? My name is Ellen Cherry. Hmm. What's your name? My name is Andrew Grimm. Here we are. Anyway, yes, I do believe that. And I feel like that was like two months ago. Today is May 5th. Hmm. Oops. Should we turn off our phones so we don't get disturbed? Um, I don't even know where my phone is. All right. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's over there. I won't worry about it. All right, cool. I, I think turns, I think the Gen Z spelling for it is uh, T. I R N Z, right? With an asterisk or a star after it. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Are you mocking Gen Z right now? Not at all. I like Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to be pretty with it. <laughs> I feel sad for millennials, sort of. They'll figure it out. Yeah, latter millennials, early millennials, not so much. Those guys like the older, the elder millennials. The elder millennials, they they're practically Gen Xers. They well, yeah, they're right on the tail end. Like they understood the time before the internet. Right. So anyway, yes, I believe that um, internet troll one, one, five, two, seven or one, five, two, seven, one, five, two, seven. Right. Um, was our last published episode, but we had one in there that, well, maybe it will arise zombie lake from the archives. Well, I will certainly publish it before I publish this. Oh, you are. Yeah. Well, I don't, we should listen to it because I remember it being a lot of rambling, much like this one has been so far. Mm, okay. Well, that's because we don't have a plan. <laughs> But see, the thing is, we haven't had a plan for this entire season, and right. that is a radical change from what's coming up in season five. Rad- Can you put some sound a, effects in here? It's a radical change from our professionalism. Well, season one, we had a plan. Season two, we had a plan. Season three, we had a plan. All great plans. And season four, well, let's put it in context for anyone who might be listening to this in the future. Yeah. Have you heard of the pandemic? Have you heard of the coronavirus <laughs> Um, COVID-19 pandemic that struck the world has has already cost over 560,000 American lives as of this publishing, May of 2021, mm-hmm. and um, millions throughout the world. Yeah. And I think that when we started season four, it had several starts because try to do it at the beginning of the pandemic. And then it happened in like our regular fall pattern. And it was primarily because isolation was so desperate that I was just like, let's, I need like a little bit of a, a little bit of a routine. Let's call it COVID ennui. We had some COVID, we were languishing just like everyone else. So anyway, in an attempt to flourish, we are partnering with our friends, Blani Brooks and David Miltzarek of WAGS Media to produce season five of our podcast, which is going to have some, 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 some structure, some structure <laughs> and 
there's some reasons for that because we have a tighter schedule this year because of some project and life changes happening in the fall. Oh yeah, what what life changes? I don't you, want to talk about. You don't it. want to talk about it. I'm I'm starting a multi year project. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about season five first. Why okay. don't, I've talked enough. Why don't you tell me about it? Well, season five is going to be fantastic. I like your optimism. Oops, I hit the microphone with my ear headphone. Yeah. My left headphone. My, my ear headphone. <laughs> Whatever. My ear headphone. Dog, I'll hit up one. I'm trying to focus. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, season five is going to be fantastic. It's going to be uh, a tour de force, and I really look forward to it. What is it going to entail? What are we doing? Well, it's gonna What's enta- our plan? It's, it's going to entail a lot of us talking about things. <laughs> How is it going to be different from this season and previous seasons? There's one distinct well, difference. There is. Uh, oh, um, we are going to wear professional clothes. Because? Uh, oh, we're um, they're going to be videotaping it. That's right. Well, we're they're not going to be jumping. videotaping. They're going to be filming it. We're jumping to YouTube. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying something different. We're... What we're going to do in season five is, um, uh, I'm not going to reveal the topic just yet, but it, the big difference is the fact that there's going to be a film version as as well as an audio version. So those people who really just don't want to look at us can certainly just listen to <laughs> continue. the... Continue. Continue with uh, with, without the visual. Um, but uh, Blonnie and, and David uh, filmed the June Star Wave Goodbye to This Place, our in-studio concert film for our CD release of the album, How We See It Now. And it turned out so great. Um, and like thinking about that and thinking about how they filmed the um, Recovering Eurydice co- concert that you did before our concert. Um, yes, I was. It's always I'm, important to mention, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you, you guys have ever had It's just nice to you, be, when you're a trailblazer, it's just nice occasionally to get some recognition. That's if, all I'm asking for. If you're, if you're ever, you know, in a situation where you have to somehow, I don't know, uh, you know, alleviate... Uh, some tension in the room with Ellen Cherry, just bring up her trailblazing fashion of doing things first. It's all about first. It doesn't mean best or even good. <laughs> it just means... It just means I did it first. I, I may have there. failed spectacularly, but I, wanna, I want people to know that like the only thing that I haven't been first on in like recent memory is bringing back skinny jeans. <laughs> Yes, you have not been first in that. So I was a latecomer to that. And, and now I, they're out. I know. Thank thank you, Universal Hum. I don't know. For receiving my prayers. Can't we just have regular fitting jeans? Why do, why do we wear jeans at all? Well, I, I like jeans. I just, you know, the skinny jean thing was one thing. But then, you know, before that, remember, let, let us not forget the 90s. Like the late 90s, early 2000s, where it was just about the baggiest crap you could find. That's why I feel and here, that... And here are two words I don't appreciate. Relaxed fit. <laughs> they should have just called it, I've given up fit. Right. If you've given up, here's some <laughs> jeans that are like, who cares? It's like the Saturday, Saturday Night Live commercial, mom jeans. Mom jeans. Yeah. Um, but that's where I feel like elder millennials and Gen X can relate. Because their fashion, when they were teenagers... And between ageers in the late nineties, tweenagers, like they, we at least were like covering stuff up a la grunge style, yeah, because of the early nineties. Thank God for big flannel shirts, <laughs> right? But they had to like and layers. You were dressing in layers. The late nineties and the early two thousands is like a lot of midriff, mm. really really low cut jeans for yeah. women, mm-hmm. like 
really low cut. Anyway, and the only people that look great in that is Destiny's Child. They are like the only ones who could carry that look I off. That's not true. Them and Jack Black. That Jack Black cannot. Do. Well, I mean, Jack Black can do whatever he wants. I don't care. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, sure. Anyway, so season five, we're shifting. We're expanding formats. We're not shifting right. formats. We're expanding formats. Right. And what we're going to do is an experiment right. with um, David and Blani's expertise. Right. Acid washed, reflect, uh, relaxed fit jeans with right. midriffs. They, we are going to produce um, several items of media consumption, including a YouTube video um, that has some structure. The time is going to be a little bit shorter. It's mm-hmm. not going to be, it's going to be around 30 minutes, yep. but there'll also be a podcast version. And there's going to be a return to seasons one, two music. Where we talk about music. And there's and, actually, there will be some music. And there will be some music. Yeah. So. And there's only going to be seven episodes. That's right. Seven episodes. We're, we're limiting ourselves because somebody got ambitious and has decided to embark on a three-year-long project that's going to eat up a whole bunch of, I don't want to use pronouns here, but I'm going to, her time. And money. <laughs> and, and money, but and whatever. Who cares? What is money? Money's just money. Right. It's, just, it's, 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 it's either some paper or it's our digital blip. It doesn't matter. So anyway, that's exciting. And the reason why we wanted to do this very special season finale episode is that season four was just sort of like limply hanging out there, completely oh, ragged man. in the wind. Really? Just like beaten by the storm of the year, <laughs> ripped to shreds. I just thought it was just like malformed because we just couldn't inspire ourselves. So yes, it was all of these things. <laughs> didn't have a choice. And I think it was like, if I were to go back, which I probably never will, and listen to season four as a diary, <laughs> it. it'll just be like the definition of the word ennui. I, I hardly listen to the episodes that I mixed. Languish. Because I just remember being like, I think it would probably... Like, I'm going to have to be in a good psychological space to go back and listen to those episodes because I can imagine that I can hear a lot of loneliness and isolation in my Mm. voice. And I want to say that to anyone who's listening, that if you have made it through, I hope you have made it through this year with um, some semblance of yourself intact, because if you have, even if you haven't, just being able to hear this means that you have survived the year. And that was the whole goal. That was the goal, surviving. Um, Yeah. I remember, like, we talked about this this time last year, two months into the pandemic, that this grinding capitalist overproductive notion that a global pandemic is the time to like completely reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. And yet (laughs) that's what I spent the last year doing is like not reinventing, but redirecting and like really deeply thinking about what I want to do next. So yes, in the fall of 2021, I'm starting embarking on a three year long project that will um, expand my artistic practice Mm -hmm. and um, and my spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and my intellectual practice Mm -hmm. and my beingness. Oh, beingness. But it doesn't mean... Hold on. It doesn't mean it's going to be good because she's the first person in her family to do this. So That's right. And so it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be first. It just has to be first. (laughs) So before, like, let's talk a little bit about um, two things. Okay, here comes the plan on the fly. A recent... Vogue cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. But let's talk about that after. Ooh, after. Um, we talk about, like, recent stuff that you feel accomplished about. 
You already mentioned mm. two things, two big things that we that we both accomplished, which is concert films um, yes. made by professional crew. Recovering Eurydice, I filmed in celebration of the eighth anniversary of my car wreck on February 17th. And I did eight songs and was able to include these like little digital animations that I've been making in a, in a program called Procreate. Um, I personally don't want to procreate and chose that a long time ago. Hap, hashtag happily child free. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a little sound effect that comes <laughs> with it too. Ba-roop. Blink. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we recorded, you recorded the audio expertly and mixed it and it was a live take. I would do a couple of takes of each yep. song and the video turned out great. I sold enough tickets to cover the cost of it and pay for a whole months of expenses in addition to that. So that to me was a success. Mm-hmm. I'm also, um, if anyone's listening that is in any way associated with public television, I have sent a pitch to my only contact at Maryland Public Television to try to see if they would want to, um, to license it for broadcast. It's a concert about my recovery journey, which sounds like my recovery journey, but it's actually like, sometimes it sounds like, ah, my recovery journey. And also, (laughs) anyway, Mm -hmm. just like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotions in it. It's a lot of feelings. Mm. I was digging in the feelings field. Mm. I see. I hope P- to, pulling up pulling up a lot of emotional turnips are we? <laughs> right. I hope <laughs> I hope to one day be a master of feelings archaeology. Mm. Emotional archaeology. Right. And then I'll be able to put the letters after my name of MFA if I'm a master's of feeling archaeology. Mm. Interesting, right? Interesting. So I did, and revealing. Yeah. So I did that and um you recorded it and I released it to my subscribers, which um I'm I was up to 67. Sadly, I'm down to 66. Mm. And before I start this project, I need to have 173. So I have... About 110 107 to go. go. 107 subscribers to go. And if you're listening to this and you think, wow, I haven't heard any of this person's music. This is the first episode I'm listening to. She has a wonderful speaking voice. I want to subscribe and support her musical and artistic endeavors. You simply go to ellencherry.bandcamp.com slash subscribe and you can join my community. Hmm. Assimilate. Assimilate. <laughs> to the Ellen Cherry Borg. So I've been working on that. I took a puppet workshop with um, Cass Fagner. Um, sorry, no, Cass and Fagner of Puppet Soup. And that was like a six week long um, puppet workshop where I created a theater for one Teatro Lambe Lambe program, which I'm developing and... I've been working on the second episode of it in my mind this week. Mm-hmm. And two of the films I scored in the last couple of years, including one last summer, are appearing in the Maryland Film Festival in about two weeks. Whoa. Featured. So I got two documentary film scores. So if I really truly reflect on this year and don't just read my diary, which is a scare fest <laughs> of emotional, <laughs> like. You start creating pop up, pop up uh, journals and diaries. You turn the page and like whatever emotional, horrifying thing you're talking about pops up at you. Man, the, I went, I made the mistake spiders. of like being like, hey, what, what, what was I feeling like this time last year <laughs> in a, early April? Oh, yeah. And I read it and I was like, hmm. 
I really should be telling another person these thoughts. Not just myself. Because if I'm just putting them in this book, then no one is going to know. They're going to be surprised. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to work on that, being more open about that stuff. But that's what I've been doing and traveling and seeing some water. And, um, oh, the biggest, most important thing that I did this year. Yes, this is huge. I received the J&J vaccine. And I'm participating in protecting my fellow citizens and myself from this terrible respiratory disease. That's one of my proudest achievements, even though all I had to do was like literally walk up and somebody like threw a needle in you. Well, I mean, it was a little more complicated than that. I had to like show that I was a person that they could keep track of so that if something happens to me, because these are scientists who take data and research very, very seriously, because the whole point of me getting the shot is to save my life and yours. So anyway, that's what happened. What about you? What have you been doing? Well, I'll, I'll start there. Um, I well, this year I also got the uh, I got the uh, Moderna. Yay! Um, I got both shots. I'm glad that we can be friends and have had two different vaccines. Yeah, I know it's true. Like, I mean, I do feel like I have the Cadillac of shots. Where you know, I mean, and I, I got I got my first shot first. Is mine? Oh. Yeah, but I got the one shot first. Yeah, but you got the one that causes blood clots in like four people. Six people, six women, one died. One died. So it is serious, and it was important that they put a pause. That's true. But I was more likely to get hit by a car walking down the streets of Baltimore. Right. Um, you did get your vaccine first, so I, I guess congratulations or whatever. It's fine. Yeah. If you go. got yours first, you got yeah. your first shot first, whatever. I was totally immunized before you because I, I was immunized first. Okay. Okay. Wait, maybe maybe you can tell that to your diary. Oh, okay. I did. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure you did. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you're being so mean. I'm not. I'm 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 teasing. I'm teasing because I can. What else did you do with your life um, since we last chatted? Yes. Well, I mean, this year's. Well, you kind of did a whole retrospective, so. Um, I did. Yeah, you did, and. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. So I mean, I, the the vaccination thing was just. Um, when I set the, when I set the appointment for my first shot, it was, uh, it was an emotional thing. I was checking off boxes and it said, when I got the confirmation I had just a, a little bit of a tear forming right. in the corner of my eye. But I was also doing that at the same time when I was subbing at a middle school as a band teacher and the students were coming in and I can't show any weakness in front of them. Right. So, you know, to kind of compensate a little bit for that, I threw the desk over and started screaming at them. <laughs> What's say. your problem? Don't mess with me. Don't look at me. I'm feeling emotions right now right. because of science. <laughs> because science. Because is, scientists cared that I lived. Yeah, yeah, somebody, they think my life is valuable. Yeah. And the government was able to, you know, thankfully. The Biden administration. The, the Biden administration was, was organized enough to be like, yeah, we got to get these shots into people. Um, so, you know, that to, to me, it was, I was excited to get the vaccine because, you know, this past year, both, both of us have been practicing, you know, phase zero to one and to limit your mobility or yeah, limit COVID your time protocols. Or, yeah, limit your mobility and your time with other people and the conditions that you're in and being careful about those things. And then, you know, I had to give money to Instacart cause I, in November, um, in 2020, I, I, I had decided at that point, I was like, yeah, this is going to get worse. And, you know, from November up until February, because it's going to be, you know, colder, everyone's going to be indoors. And I was like, I just don't want to go to a grocery store at this point. So I'll, 
So, you know, it was like playing by all those rules. And, and fortunately, you know, my, um, my prime membership to Amazon, which I, I rejoined specifically because of COVID because I was going to be shopping online. And so that was a little bit of money saver there. But I didn't want to give Jeff Bezos any more money. I, I just don't believe in it. I mean, it's convenient and it's wonderful. And like, yeah, it's great for all those things. But it's, it's not really great for, for uh, you know, small businesses. and Well, even and for the workers in Amazon. Yeah, well, yeah, the workers, like, oh, my goodness. Like, and I have a lot of students at the college who work for Amazon. They work in the their pickers. And, you know, I, I asked them about it. And they're just like... He's like, well, you know, it's, yeah, you, you don't rest. You, you got to do a lot of stuff. And, you know, there are lots of side, there's a lot, there are a couple arguments on, on either side of it. It's like, yeah, they get paid $15 an hour, but at the same time, you know, their work conditions are draconian. And at the same time, it is unskilled labor. But at the same time, like you can it's go It's very and, skilled labor. Um, 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 I'm sure it's classified as unskilled labor, but just like saying, that's like the same as saying that somebody who takes your order at a fast food restaurant is doing unskilled labor that the definition of unskilled, I wouldn't say that at all. I would never say that, but I would say that, um, I don't know the, the way necessarily Amazon works. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're, and I, this is, I, I mean, I, I guess I would work at the Amazon as an Amazon picker if I had to like, I, and, and I would treat it exactly what it is. It's here's what the job is. I have to find this from bin five and aisle eight or whatever. And then I got to run over here and do this. I'm going to run over there and do that. It's, it's skilled. Uh, you could say it's a emotional, uh, 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 you know, you have to be emotionally skilled to deal with the fact that you're doing something that is ridiculously stupid. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, I full disclosure, I've been an Amazon prime member since 1999 mm-hmm. and I have never stopped. She was first. <laughs> it does sound she, like I was she was the she was the first Amazon Excuse Prime. Me. And I'm not saying that like with this it was at that point it was a place where I was buying books. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a bookstore and then I don't necessarily like I think about my membership occasionally, but I also think about where I am in terms of safely going and getting things that I needed as well. So I'm really, really actually, I just want to use this moment of time to say that I'm very, very grateful for the people that have delivered my packages, especially those from Amazon um, for the last year, because they were the ones that helped me broadcast for 40 weeks in a row. And I, my hope is that the good that I did because someone recommended a particular camera and a microphone for your well, microphone, right? Yeah. The Shure MV88. Sure. Yeah, I, had, lo- I had that one first. We're speaking into Shure's actually. Sure. Yeah. sure. If you're listening, Sure would like to, you to be a sponsor. That's right. Sure would. Sure would. But I, I think like... Um, Let's get back to your year. Yeah. So, but I was, I was really, you know... Money was a deal. Money, money was a deal. Like, yeah, I'm still financially scraping by. Uh, with unemployment and stuff like that. But, you know, it's also, it, do, it affects me to a certain degree. But other than that, like, I'm just going to die someday, so I really don't care. Yes, but um, um, speaking of that, like, what what has your focus been for, or what is your focus going forward with that? Oh, well, you know, well, I'm looking at, you know, I'm going to be in a position soon to, to pay off uh, my credit card because I've, I've had to live off my credit card here and there. Uh, and that kind of wrecks stuff up. But and then within the month, I should be able to pay it all off. And congratulations to you because the MSAC, Maryland State Arts Council, has um, chosen you as worthy of one of their emergency grants, me as well. And I'd love to thank them because we do have, like they put it on their 
letter to us that we can recognize them for this assistance. So you and I were chosen as two of, I think, 985 Maryland artists who mm-hmm. received emergency funding. And I was rejected in the first couple of rounds. I think I applied maybe twice, uh, two cycles last year, mm-hmm. and which is fine. I had saved, but this is a huge, wonderful gift for like, oh, great, rent is paid for the summer. Yeah. So Yeah, and it, it's, um, you know, to, to get that type of help, um, for me, it's, um, I've never, and it's, it's my own fault. I've never really considered what I would, would I do musically as something that the Maryland arts state, uh, the Maryland state arts council would be interested in or would be a part of that. And I'd always feel, and I'm going to say it and I'm not trying to be glib by saying it. Um, but you know, you don't really need a white male eating up that money. And also you, this is what I've said to other people that are in our position, which we sort of toe the line between being like, are you a practicing artist or a performing musician? Um, And there is a distinct difference because an artist may not have access to the regular funding avenues that a performing musician does. We can teach lessons. We can perform in wedding ceremonies. You can do other things, you know, like, the idea that you end up until probably around 2008 to 2012, you actually could sell product and merch that would support you. And mm-hmm. so it always does feel like, well, why should I apply for an arts grant? Yeah. Because I have a commercial product that I can make out of my music. But the difference is that that has completely changed in the last yeah, five not, years. There's not much commercial. Not for the people that are at our level, even though you have a record label supporting you, you know, you're still playing for PR. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, that's been a conversation that you and I have had. I feel like if we were to review some of the tapes in the pandemic, we would be talking about money mm-hmm. and worries over it. But I was just talking about maybe it would be a good time to mention your subscription service because as you... Well, I'm, getting, I'm not done reviewing my year yet. You are, like, rocking it. Like, you're like, like 100 people supporting you. 99, but I'm... I, I, and it's fluctuated a little bit. Right. But, yeah, I you know, and, and what I'm working on going forward is like going to try to rejuvenate my um my salesman skills and 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 outreach to to people and try um, you know I'm still looking to get a thousand subscribers um a thousand is the is is the magic sustainable number for me right which would make you pandemic proof it would and not only that but like you know with that money um, or with, with that type of income, you know, only, only a portion of that goes to paying my expenses. The other portion goes into is investing in, in other projects and, and other, uh, artists that I need, you know, graphic design, um, other musicians, recording engineers, mixing, right. mastering. And then it also like now that we're, we've kind of jumped into the world of video, um, it's about paying, it's about paying David and Blonnie as well. Right. You know, you know, it's like. So I don't know. That's just a kind of like a small business kind of like you just, you know, you you invest the money locally into the people that you care about and you work with. And Well, and that's one of our intentions with shifting this podcast to also a video format mm-hmm. with a special ingredient that we're not going to reveal until the first episode, yeah. which will air in the fall right. of 2021, the beginning of season five. Um, so is that if it's on YouTube, then it's going to be the actual definition of passive income, which is that hopefully it'll generate enough interest that it'll be supporting for working people. Yeah. And, and, 
And so like, you know, and, and the rest of the year for me, it was like, you know, I mean, my pandemic year, you know, released two records and right. uh, the solo record in October and then June stars record um, in April. And you got reviewed um, in the fall for the, for a little heat. And then now yeah. you're getting reviewed for how we see it now. Yeah. We're getting some really good reviews where our, um, I do understand a little bit more about the importance of actually hiring a PR person. Um, I don't know what the numbers translate to, but we've we've gone up to. I checked it today. We have six hundred and thirty-five monthly listeners now. That's great. Which is, but you know, yeah, that's like. Um, I think was it Spotify sent me an email said you're up one hundred and ninety-one percent. I was, like, I was like, whoa, boy, there really wasn't anybody listening before. <laughs> um, but just, you know, it, but I also, I mean, that's it, a nice little ego boost, but it's also like, I don't, I don't know what that translates into. So I don't. Well, I would think of it more as, of an affirmation. Yeah. Well, it, there's a certain something that happens with it that you can, if somebody goes, I don't know about booking people, but apparently if you're trying to get anybody's attention in the press or something like that, they, they look at your Spotify, they're going to look at how many people, monthly listeners you have. Yikes. Let me look up mine. Oh boy. Keep talking. Um, so, I mean, there's that. And so, you know, there's certainly some movement there and then, you know, I don't know. I think my year, Oh yeah. where are you at on your 54? All right. Crushing it. Crushing it. Crushing it. <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I believe it's called a select audience. <laughs> These are connoisseurs. It's exclusive. Of, of true music. Right. Right. And artistry. Um, so, yeah. So, my, I mean, my year, A, I didn't, I didn't contract COVID. I had very few friends who did. Um, I, I don't know anybody personally who has died from it. And so I've been very, very fortunate in that way. Right. And I was, you know, I'm, uh, as, as my life goes, I'm pretty fortunate in a lot of things. You know, I didn't have a lot of work. I didn't have a lot of money. And yet I still paid my mortgage. Right. You know, every month I did. It did push me to push my subscription, which was a big deal. Like I went from, you know, 30 subscribers to 100. And I think at my peak, I was at 107 subscribers. Right. And people drop out here and there. But that was the thing that I started really thinking about, like, okay, so this is how you do it for This is how you do it. <laughs> when you're on when you're on the, the micro level. Right. It's like, okay, so I gotta I, I just had to convince, you know, a thousand people. And then and, and what I also noticed about that is when I got all those subscribers, my output increased. Right. It's a feedback loop. I started like well, even though I don't hear much from my subscribers. Um but it's like, I felt, I felt obligated, right. compelled and empowered to make more music at that point. And I really kind of doubled down on my, on my process and manipulating the, the big thing for me this year was manipulating the drums on my, on my demos and kind of working with that. Cause you, you want to find variety and it's like, well, I don't want to just do the same song over again right. and throw away stuff. Like I, I know sometimes when I talk about my songwriting process, I just sound like I'm just making shit up, which I am. Yes. But there's also, there's a whole revision part of it that I don't really talk about where, you know, it's not so much that I just kind of like the first thing I throw up, I'm like, there you go, Jack, enjoy. It's more like, you know, I listen to it, I go back and lyrically I'll change things. I'll, you know, work on little bits and pieces here and there. And and a lot of the times, like, if you if you watch my process, 
I will record the bass 50 times. <laughs> it's literally 50 times until something really works. And then by the time I get to that 50th, uh, you know, hour two <laughs> of working on a, on a bass line, and I'm recording it from beginning to finish, start to finish, I rarely punch in. Because I want to get it in one take. Because I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want right. to. I don't want to do all that other stuff. Even though sometimes I do, because I get tired and bored. I'm like, well, I also think that like your process to me, observing it closely over the last couple of years, has struck me as like, well, you're creating these things, and then out of a big collection of song demos, you're pulling the seven to ten that you're going to work on more intensely, and mm-hmm. so it benefits you to have played that baseline fifty times because you can not only like have a vision for what you want, but you're also like able to talk in the language of bass to your actual bass player and indicate to him, you know, what you were hearing and allow him to use his own expertise. Right. Which of course is his expertise is way far beyond mine. Ryan Federer. He's so good. He's He's, such a great bassist. He's so good. He is my favorite bass player. Um, And he features in the movie. So does Katie Field, Dave mm -hmm. Hadley and Mike Cool. Mike Cool. And Jay Robbins. And Jay Robbins, the current, the, the Safer Jay, that's the current lineup of June Star. Yep. Um, and the video is really cool. So tell me more about when we are going to be able, I've already seen the video. I've seen it right. in pieces. I've seen most of it all together. It's excellent. Yep. You're wearing a suit. I am. Um, so yeah, th- so that video will um, go live when, when I get back from Florida. Nice. When are you getting back from Florida? What are you doing in Florida? I don't know. I got I got invited to go to Florida, and so I, I went. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, when I get back, um, that's I have to kind of come up with my scheme of how I'm going to sell tickets because I don't want to go through Eventbrite. Um, I did that. Yeah, you did that because you because you did it first. I got to watch what you did and say, hmm, right. I don't See, know if exactly. I want to do that. Yeah, I mean, I would say that in revenue, I gave up to that company about. I think it was around two hundred thirty dollars mm-hmm. because I chose the middle tier. Anyway, people are gonna be so bored listening to like how ticket pricing <laughs> works. Eventbrite takes a fee, so it was wonderful when also I probably made that amount. And people who said I don't want to use Eventbrite and just sent me a Venmo or PayPal, and I sent them the link. Right. This is kind of the cool thing about selling tickets that way. I also provided it as you will and have to all of your subscribers right. so that if you are just subscribing, even for just one month for $4 at my site or $5 at yours, they will get that. Right. So it's like, just freaking subscribe. It's so cheap. You it's say, so yeah, but, um, and my subscription is junestar.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe, S- subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. No, just one subscribe, subscribe. No, no, there's no, there's not four echoes in it. Sub. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to do forward slash subscribe. subscribe so subscribe, subscribe, <laughs> no, you'll That'd not. Be terrible. So let's talk about something interesting. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Not that we haven't been talking about interesting stuff, but we've talked about the future. We've talked about the recent past. Oh dear listeners, please be advised that this is going to get this. This is going to get nasty. Is it? I don't know. We have about ten minutes. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be brief. I found it interesting. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, I am. There's the wind up. Okay, thanks. I here's all my disclaimers. I don't know this person's music at all. Mm-hmm. I I understand how to say her name, Billie Eilish. I, what I've seen of her is super cool, like pictures and little video snippets. I think I saw a, a interesting music video that was like very pastel colors, and she had long nails. The song washed over me, and I forgot it. Um, her music just does not strike me, which is okay. Like 
I'm obviously in the minority there because there are millions. Of, she has millions of fans who love her. Is the word arduously? Oh, I'm sure. Yes. And also her aesthetic of like basically being like, fuck you. I'm not going to be like pigeonholed into what you think, you know, young teen femininity should be or young pop star should be like. And I love the story of her and her brother producing their records in their house and like the, it being kind of like a family venture. The whole story is super cool and it should prompt me to investigate further. I have a close friend who has a young daughter who loves Billie Eilish and idolizes her. And I was reading in the New York times today or yesterday, it was yesterday. and they ha- are talking about the fact that Billie Eilish has chosen to, um, present herself on the cover of Vogue. She's molted. Um, well, I read the article. Did you read the article? No. Okay. So in the article, they talk about how it was interesting. It was a critique of the cover because in the cover, she is no longer wearing like body covering clothing, which she had talked about before because she was, I, I'm not going to try to quote her cause I don't know, but my understanding of what her meaning for that was that she felt comfortable and this is the way she felt comfortable performing and she didn't want people to be focused on her body. Right. And I loved, she was pushing that norm, you know, she was making that the normal. Um, it seemed like, and I'm not like everything has to be positive because I'm like one of the like most neutral people you'll meet. Sometimes I'm super positive, sometimes negative. Um, so anyway, this cover, she looks like a reductive Madonna cover from the blonde ambition tour. I was, it was almost like a double take. Like I thought, okay, who is this? Like, very, what I would say, like sort of ordinary blonde pinup bombshell in a corset and bra and latex gloves on the cover of Vogue. And like, she just looks sort of unrecognizable to me. Like she had lost her uniqueness, her distinct charms, like the green hair or the highlighted hair, or even like the sort of hooded look of like, I'm observing you more than you're observing me. Mm-hmm. And then later in the article, they discussed how for a person who had been so in control of her image, she completely turned it over to Vogue's team and said, dress me, you know? And so even that was out of her control. But then the pull quote was that she's going to do whatever she wants. Like she can do whatever she wants, which I agree. um, And that you should do whatever makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And you quoted you said that she had said that mm-hmm. yeah, about yeah, plastic said, surgery. I didn't read yeah, that quote. If you're going to get surgery, get surgery. If you're, you know, if that's what makes you feel good. Which I mean, like I can understand that if you like, I in a way also agree with that in terms of like, well, it's wrong for me to put any caveat on somebody else's like desire to have surgery. But in terms of like body enhancement, that's a hard question for me because I do want to live in a world where we're allowed to like age and change. We got all that work done on your toes. Right. Your toe implants. I thought we were going to talk about that. Toe lengthening. (laughs) Toe toe, toe separating. My (laughs) my toes were like, I had webbed feet. They're all all crammed together. (laughs) They had like, they were so freaked out by the pandemic that my toes like rewebbed. Because they were like. That's why you like swimming so much. Oh my God. I'm trying, I'm turning into a fish. That's right. Anyway, it was just such a weird thing that like, even though I wasn't focused on, not that it matters, but like, even though she had sort of caught my attention, not necessarily for music, but for her unique presentation of herself, Mm -hmm. 
And now I just feel like she just like washed herself away. Yeah. She's like, it was, she's like, she's like put a cloak of invisibility on her because she became homogenous. She homogenized herself. And I'm curious as to why, like, I, th- I don't know if you can be any more of that like, fuck you, I did it to like say, screw you to the establishment. I'm in charge of my sexuality. It's like, to me, being in charge of your sexuality means that you communicate, I can use I statements, mm. that I communicate <laughs> about, you know, I'm in communication with my partners mm-hmm. and things, we are radically honest, not brutally, but radically honest. Like that's empowering. I don't know what making yourself look like, like, so many other people. Well, it was so strange. Yeah. And I, but then I'm just like, but then, you know, you deserve to have the right to dress up. But I don't know. It was, just, I've really conflicted feelings about the whole thing. Well, she can, I mean, far be it for me to comment on her choices. Right. Like I, it's not my, not my job, not my expertise. And you, you, you do whatever it is you feel you need to do. You yeah. Know? Because I mean, I feel like this is a part of like, how, how do we combat patriarchy? How do we like well, and, and not, homogenization? Not, not by that Vogue cover. Um, and 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 I think the thing that I'm settling on is the fact that um, I, I'm going to use some we statements. Okay. Um, we can all agree that an emphasis is put on body image to a degree that it hurts us, especially women, especially well, young women. Yeah. Yeah, especially women. But I'm I'm just saying we. I'm yeah. Because men. It affects men as well. It affects yes. everybody. Everybody is affected by it. Um, and one of the things that, one of the missions I always thought was, you know, kind of primary to Billie Eilish's, I'm going to put it air quotes, style or whatever presentation was that she didn't want the focus to be on her body as much as she wanted the focus to be on the music or, you know, connecting with other people. Yeah. the concepts in her music. That was, that was the idea. And I'm not saying that she's betrayed that. I'm just saying the Vogue cover doesn't do that. Yeah. It doesn't advance that at all. And, and that's a, (laughs) it's a bummer. It's a bummer. That's the phrase we use for things that are bummers. So there's, this <laughs> but are not really important or serious. <laughs> right. So, but there was this first really, world problems. Sorry. So there was this really great opportunity for for Gen Z to really kind of, and, and I, you throw millennials in there, and and showing Gen X and showing the baby boomers that there was this other way. To do things, right? This other way of of looking at people or feeling about themselves, and the one thing that I think is really interesting about the about the article is that you know even though I didn't read it, I read parts of it or whatever. The New York Times article, yeah. not the Vogue one. Uh, well, these are things that she's quoted in the Vogue as saying, and she was talking about how, regardless of what she was wearing, she still felt insecure about her body. Mm. So it, you know. I, I, my argument, if I put on my teacher hat for a second or my counselor hat for a second or, you know, just my human hat for a second, and I just... Listeners, I w- please note that Andrew is actually miming putting on these hats. Right. At this point, he has six hats on. Yes. Seven, uh, eight. Yeah. Okay, we're going to stop. So... But, oh my God, that man is wearing so many hats, but they're all, they're all metaphorical. <laughs> well, I don't want anybody to see the shape of my head. 
I'm kind of self-conscious about it. Um, they're mm. big baggy hats. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, you know, it's like this. And now I've lost my point. You're Hold putting on. on your teacher hat. My, I would have advised her to keep doing what she was doing. Right. To lean into because, it. Because, you know, at some point, at some point, it, that confidence that you have is, is a developing thing in adolescence into adulthood. It doesn't always happen. Obviously we know a lot of people who have not matured yet and we see it all the time. And you know, it's somebody who was the president of the United States for four long, long years. Long, well, three long years and then a fourth in, inexplicably dire, horrifying year. Anyhow, but when he became homicidal, yeah, without, without shame, without any sense of shame, but it's not about him. Um, but the the thing is that she, you know, for whatever reason, she made her choice. That's fine. But it's just, it's like, yeah, but you had, you also had millions, like you had millions of young people who were not thinking about their bodies. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. And now it's like. A it, lot of people are going to look at that and be like, okay, so now, now I still have to do that. This is the one person I thought I didn't have to do this. I could follow them. I didn't have to think right. about it. And now I have to think about it. And it's, and if, 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 if at the very, very least, it's just a mixed message. Right. And that's how, and, and she's in the entertainment business. And once again, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. good that we're talking about this because this is why aren't you famous? And I guess one of the things that like, why I'm glad I'm not famous is that I don't have to like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even have to feel that kind of opportunity. Like, yeah. oh no, I'm going to turn down the cover of Vogue because I'm not going to wear a pinup and latex gloves. Right. I mean, I usually wear that to dinner. Right. But you know, um, so I just, it's, it, you know, I, whatever. I think her advice of do what, whatever makes you feel good is really bad advice. Um, and and my major, I don't know, my major issue with with that whole line of reasoning is just like, well. Yeah, and I'm sorry to anybody who is under the age of 20, I'm about to say this, but you don't know anything. Like, I, I mean, there are some people who I can't say what their experiences are in the world, but, you know, you're, you're 19 years into it. There's, a, there's, oh my goodness, your life expectancy is like 79. Like, you have another 60 years of figuring this out. Well, maybe just also, like, there is wisdom... There is some knowledge and inte- there is intelligence in youth. I don't know if I would call it wisdom because wisdom, I, we talked about this earlier. You have to have experience, which means aging to, to gain wisdom. But there is intelligence in youth in approaching situations in new ways, innovative ways, using tools we haven't even dreamed of or grown up with. Sure. And that's what like excites me about talking to young people because I think they their view of the current problems and challenges that we face as a species is going to be completely shaped by one of the most, it's like young people who are, grew up in the industrial revolution, such a radical change, like the outcome of it, we can't even predict yet for better or for worse, I guess, depending on what we define those things to be. Right. I think part of it was for me was just like, I just kind of felt like when I saw that cover and realized and then read the name and saw who it was and then looked again, because I thought it was like another Lady Gaga or something. Right. I, you know, cover, I was just like, she's indistinguishable now. And that disappointed me. Like, and I'm not like disappointed in her. I just felt disappointment. And I'm not even like a fan of her music. Like, I'm just like, well, you don't have to be a fan to be disappointed. (laughs) Like, I was just like, oh, it's a bum. 
summer. Well, I, let me, I just want to before we wrap this up because we're we're at that point. Um, I want to go back to like um, somebody who's growing up on the streets, somebody who has had this that type of experience. Like, yeah, no, there's certainly wisdom there. Right. <laughs> like this, like you know, no. It's just that if you grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles, with you know, with your brother making records in your bedroom. And I, I don't know how much of that world experience is actually applicable to say what you what you're saying. Right. Um, you know, if if you're financially secure by a hundred times over by the time that you're 17 and it's not that you don't have struggles because I'm sure there's isolation. I'm sure there's depression and all, right. all this other stuff. I don't think that really justifies you saying, you know, what, do whatever you want to do. If it makes you feel good, just do it. Right. Because it's licensed for people to do whatever they want. We already yeah. have enough of that in our culture. Yeah. It's, you know, so. I guess maybe the. the Maybe it's just irresponsible is the word I'm looking for. The language shift that would be so beneficial in that phrase. Not the language shift. Um, a, like a true definition of what good is. Like do whatever feels good. I as long as it doesn't hurt other people. That's like essentially at the definition of goodness to me is that it's not only beneficial to you, but it's beneficial because it's beneficial to you. It's beneficial to other people in a, and I'm not talking about like in a way that a a white supremacist could like say, well, I did it because it benefited people who look like me. It felt good because of that. No, what I'm talking about is that we don't, I've never felt that we needed a divine guidance to understand that humanity is basically good. Um, what is her name? Uh, Dresden Dolls. Oh, uh, and Amanda. Amanda Palmer. Palmer said something to the effect of like, when we see each other, we help each other. She had a whole thing like five or six years ago where she talked about like seeing when we see other people. That's why mm-hmm. it's important that we see each other. Right. And I remember like, I, I know that she had some conflict over her paying her musicians and there was some stuff about that. But I remember reading that and thinking like, exactly. Like, it feels good to do good. So if, if that's the feels good that Billie Eilish is talking about, if it feels good to do good, do it, then yeah, like the, the mm-hmm. Girl Scout in me is like, yay. Yeah, I don't think that's what she was talking about. <laughs> Make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. On that note, should we wrap this up? Yep, let's wrap it up. Hey, this has been a very weird season. <laughs> but I'm so glad that it's coming to an end. Yeah, I know. You're, you're happier than I am. Why are you sad, Andrew? I'm not sad. I'm just saying you're happier than I am. I am happier because I, I generally feel like um, I went from languishing to flourishing because I made some decisions. And the power of choice mm-hmm. has really um, filled me with like a sense of serenity and calmness cool um there's a song that prince wrote using you're you're a sexy motherfucker (laughs) yeah (laughs) sexy motherfucker um martika had Mm -hmm. written um some song lyrics uh now they've just flown out of my head isn't she the toy soldier person yes step by step heart to heart left right left to oh fall down like toy soldiers oh yeah i know all the words she had another song called love i 
what is the title of it? Anyway, the reason I was quoting it is that I can't remember now. That was like 30 oh. seconds ago and I lost it. I feel rushed by the end of the the music coming. I could sense it coming. I can feel that, the pressure. That, you, just, you just don't want the podcast to end. You just don't want season 14 or season four. <laughs> it's felt like season, season 14. 14 yeah. The entire 2020 has expanded. Yeah. Into, it's like a doughy, yeasty thing of time. It's like a blob. But I always find it super fun to talk to you in a room and pretend that other people are listening because we're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. But this isn't usually the conversations we have. No. Because this is our this is our musician personalities. Yes. And our friendship coming out. And so it's always a pleasure to just sit here and talk with you and and pretend that like Max or Jim or or uh Dave Sparrow. Dave Sparrow or the guy um from the four hour day. It wasn't four hour day, was it? Yeah. I, I thought it was a... Uh, no, I met him at um Thurston's, Thurston's place. Yeah, well he went to the four hour day show right um i think so but i think he was also working with tyler i can't remember his name so hey dude sorry i think (laughs) it's jeremy please forgive me i'm my brain's a little bit off this week um so those four people like are listening (laughs) and maybe my mom will stop in on this episode because i think she's listened to one in four years Mm, that's cool and remember what she told me when she heard it that's cool. My dad doesn't know what a podcast is. She remember we were on tour and she called and she's like, I listened to your podcast, like this episode of your podcast. I think it was in season one. Yeah. And she said, I really just think you should be a writer. I really just think you should be a writer. And I was like, mom, I <sighs> am a writer. Mom, mom. God. Um, I'm happy to report that my parents have also survived the pandemic and my sisters, my family, like, I can't even tell you how grateful I am that like, because they are in Texas, which like, Wild, wild west of COVID the, and vaccines and... And guns, man. Yeah, man, guns. They're just like, we'll shoot it out of the air with our guns. Pew, pew. Okay, well, we're going to go now. Oh, no, it's over. Wait, is the music going to come on? No, it's not going to come on. I, oh, uh, I thought you still had music at the end. No, it's coming on right now. God, there it is. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yep. It was lovely to see you. I am going to look. <laughs> it's good to see you too. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple minutes as well. I'll see. Great. Um, also, we want to thank anyone who's listened at this point to any episode of this podcast. Yes, thank you. Just so to much. say, we love you, and we hope that you're well. That your vaccine journey has gone well. Mm-hmm. Um, please keep in touch. Both of us are working musicians building our subscription services. Mine is ellencherry.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe. Andrew's is junestar.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe. That's a com, not a gom. Gom. I know. Um, And you can help support us through this second year of our pandemic and beyond into future pandemics. Yeah. Um, We're both creating music and art and video, and we are very excited to start season five production in July. And we're going to be doing seven special episodes that are also going to be broadcast on a YouTube channel. We're working with Blondie Brooks and David Miltzarek of WAGS Media, and we love you. And thank you so much for listening. And, um, you know, be cool. Sounds good. Be cool. All right. Bye. Bye.